This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Bruchem Abam, take two. Welcome everyone. Uh, welcome to the International Shimru Keep It Lamentes Malachis program. We're amazingly up to the ninth Malacha. We actually skipped Toichen, and the reason we skipped Toichen is because we are uh, doing three weeks in a row of malachos that are basically very similar to each other, almost identical. And the Gemara and Shabbos even asks, why do I need three malachos? Winnowing, selecting, and grinding, they all seem to be the exact same uh, malacha. So we're going to learn today about the malacha of... Merakid, sifting, which is the ninth malacha, and we as we mentioned, we we skipped toichen, but we did do bishul. So it's uh, we skipped toichen, but we did bishul. So nine malachos in nine weeks, and uh, we're moving right along. Now sifting was most certainly in the mishkan. Um, where was sifting in the mishkan? Sifting was in the mishkan where once the herbs were ground, so uh, they would take the samimanim, uh, they would take the herbs, and they would grind them, and they would mix it with water to create a paste. However, before they make the paste, they need to cleanse it from impurities. So this is already the third time that there is a malacha of a purifying selecting, sifting. Number one, we had zoira winnowing, where the wind is going to carry away the refuse. And then we had boirer, where you're going to take out the pebbles, you're going to take out the soil. And now we have marakid, where you're going to take out any impurities that may have mixed into the mixture. Okay, so here we go. What is the av malacha? Of Merakid. The Rambam Paskins in the Mishnah Torah, Hamerakid Kigrigeres Chayev. One who sifts even the size of a dried fig is Chayev. What is the Tolda? Comes the Rambam. By the way, do you have the source material? Do you, you, are you on the list? You get the, uh, you get the sources? Some of you shake your head yeah, some of you shake your head no. If you're not on the list, you need to get on the list. Um, so look at this Rambam. The Rambam says in Mishnah Torah, Parakhas Halachir Aleph, Vikin Haboira Shmorim, one who selects refuse, Mitachamashkin from a liquid, Hariza Toldois Boira. That is a Tolda either of Boira or Toldois Marakid, or a Tolda of Marakid. Now what does the Rambam mean? Either it's a Tolda of Boira. Or it's a Tolda Maraka. What do you mean either one or the other? And as we're going to see, it is Machloikis between the Beis Yosef and the Bir Halacha, whether the Rama means both or one or the other. <clears throat> so one who selects and, and uh, cleanses from a liquid the uh, sediment, it's a Tolda Boirer or it's a Tolda Marakid. Because Zoira, Boirer, Marakid are all similar to each other. And why do we call them three separate malachas? Because anything that existed in the Mishkan is considered a malacha. Okay, very nice. <clears throat> what about the Yisurei Drabanan? So, the Rambam continues. One who strains sediments, it's a tolda of boirer, 
or merakid, like we just said. Therefore, even though you're allowed to strain clear wine or clear water with a handkerchief or with a basket, you cannot make a, a uh, cavity in the handkerchief like you do during the week because you're going to come to strain with a strainer. Also, you cannot suspend a strainer the way you do during the week. Maybe you will come to, uh, to, to strain. Fine. Then the Rambam says... Why would you want to filter clear wine anyway? What? Why would you want to filter clear wine anyway? Like a double insurance. In other words, it's drinkable as is, and maybe it will even be absolutely pure, uh, purified. You ever see on these beverages, they advertise triple filtered. Well, why they triple... If you need to, to filter a beverage three times, uh, maybe I don't want to drink it, you know? But somehow it adds something, but it's not really discernible what the level of uh, cleansing that's taking place. So in other words... It's coming out, isn't it? Nah, maybe. You know what it's like? I'll give you an example. Most faucets have an aerator on it. Uh, right? And um, often before Pesach, people take it out. Really, it should be koshered. And most of the time, when you take out the aerator, you're not going to find like pebbles in the aerator. So what is it there for? Uh, you know, just in case. So are you, are you allowed to use your faucet on Shabbos? The answer is yeah, because whatever the aerator is filtering out, it's not really a discernible filtering. So that's sort of analogous to this case. You want to strain clear wine, or you want to strain clear liquid, you should, you're allowed to do it, but don't do it the way you do it during the week. Now, the Ramam says, so, Merakid is one of the Avais Malachas, sifting. Therefore, you're not to sift straw with a sieve, and you cannot put the sieve that has uh, straw in a high place so that the uh, chaff will fall down because that's like Merakid. Okay, so now we come to a, a, a subject we discussed briefly in the previous weeks, and we need to establish a fundamental machloikas between the Egle Tal and the Shavisas Shabbos regarding how do you categorize the Lamites Malachis. Okay, so this is a very uh, basic share. This, will, this is a share that has ramifications to really all Lamites Malachis. And in determining what is the distinguishing characteristic of a Malacha, so that we know that if other activities have that distinguishing characteristic, it would fall under um, Malacha A or Malacha B. Okay, the Gemara Masechta Shabbos Ayin Gimel Amad Beis says that Zoira, Boirer, Merakid are all the same thing. So why are they listed separately? The Gemara says whatever is in the Mishkan is listed. Now we we learned that there are two ways to understand how to categorize Malacha, and it's based on a stira on Ra, in Rashi's Masechta Shabbos. Rashi Ayin Gimel with Rashi and Ayin Hayomid Beis. Rashi Ayin Gimel says as follows Hazoira, what is winnowing? says Rashi, Beracha Saruach, with a pitchfork in the wind. Okay, so Zoira, you use a pitchfork. Boirer, Psoilas Biyadav, you take out the refuse in your hand. So Boirer, you use your hand. Marakid, Benafa Asiv. According to Rashi, Rashi seems to identify that the, ca- the way to categorize malachais 
is determined by the tool which is used to perform the malacha. Zoira, you use a pitchfork. Boira, you use your hands. And Meraki, you use a sieve. And so therefore, now we know, according to Rashi, L'chaira, any time you use a sieve, it doesn't matter what you're using the sieve on, it would be maraki. Any time you use your hand, it doesn't matter what it would be on, it would be boira. Any time you use a pitchfork, even a, whatever it may be for, it would be zoira. However, Rashi on Ayin Hayyam Rashi says, why is it that beating the thread, the weft thread, is part of oireg, and yet zoira? Boirer and Merakid are considered separate malachas. It says Rashi, Anayin Hey, that Zoira, Boira, Merakid are different because you, you, you utilize these activities on different material. How's that? Zoira are on the stalks, Boirer are on pebbles, and Merakid is on flour. So Rashi seems to be saying an Andaramaisa. Rashi says a completely different story over here. Rashi says the way you categorize malacha is not what tool you use, but on what type of material you're doing the activity. So Rashi Anayin Gimel says the way you categorize malacha is based on the instrument. And Rashi Anayin He says the way you categorize malacha is on what type of material you're doing the malacha. So we have a major machloikes between the Sefer Shavisas Hashabas and the Egletal. The Egletal... Of course, uh, I was familiar with. Agletal is written by Rabbi Avram Bornstein, the Rebbe of Sachachav, the author of Shas Tshuvas Avnei Nezar. However, I must humbly admit that I didn't. I was not familiar. I don't uh, with the Sefer Shvisa Sashabas, and I did a little research, and I uh, was very interested. Uh, we've quoted him before, but I can't say that I was familiar with the author. The Shvisas HaShabbos was, was written by Rabbi Yitzchak Meltzen. Now Rabbi Yitzchak Meltzen is a very notable individual. He was born in 1854. He lived till 1916. He was a Lithuanian Rav, one of the youngest students of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, and a proponent of the Musr movement. Now his, he was also a Moirat um, Sadek in Kelm, and he was a Ram in Radin, by, in the Yeshiva in Radin. Now, he ultimately moved to Eretz Yisrael, and he lived in the Strauss Chatzar. Next time I go to Eretz Yisrael, I have on my list, I want to go to the Strauss Chatzar. That's where Rabbi Yitzchel lived. That's where all the Balei Musr lived in Yerushalayim, Chatzar Strauss. The famous picture of Rabbi Yitzchel going up the steps, he's going up the, uh, stair- the stairwell in Chatzar Strauss. Anyway, he wrote a famous sefer that I'm very well uh, familiar with, acquainted with, and that, uh, as many, by the way, if I, if I may, we have a shir every Friday at uh, 11 o'clock on Tfila, 10.30 in Gemara, and recently we've been quoting from the Siach Yitzchak. The Siach Yitzchak is a commentary in the Siddur Hagra, written by Rabbi Yitzchak Meltzen. Rabbi Yitzchak Meltzen has a commentary on the Siddur in the Siddur Hagra. He also wrote, by the way, his father was... Um, Rav Shmuel Meltzen, the Maggid of Slutsk, his father put together the Evan Shlema of the Vilna Goyen. So he, uh, he was well known for the Siach Yitzchak. I was not familiar that he wrote the Shvisa Sashabas. But again, back to the Stira, and basically we're going to see there are two ways of approaching the Stira. Again, Rashi and Ayin Gimel says, 
the way you define malacha is by the instrument that's used. Rashi on Ayin Hay says, the way you define malacha is by the material that you act upon. Comes the Shvisa Sashabas, and he says, Rashi on Ayin Gimel Ahmed Beis is the main way to categorize malacha. Malacha is categorized by what kind of tool you use. You use a fit, pit, uh, a pitchfork, that's Zoira. Use your hand, that's Boira. You use a sieve, that's Merakid. I, why does Rashi and Afai and Hay talk about different materials? Rashi is answering a different question. Rashi is just explaining why the Mishnah lists them separately. Why are they listed separately? Why is each one a separate shame? Each one is a separate category? Because they're, they're done on different material. But if you want to know, not why it's a separate category. Now after the fact that it's a separate category, how do you categorize other activities? Other activities are categorized by the tool that is used. That is the Shita of the Shvisa Sashabas. That at the end of the day, the way we categorize any other activity is based on the tool that is used. However, the Egele Tal disagrees. And he understands that the main characteristic of defining malachas is determined by what type of material you're acting upon. Why does Rashi emphasize the different types of tools? Rashi is just telling you the typical way the malacha is done. But in no way does the tool that is used, in no way would it define the malacha. So now we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to uh, share a Gemara with you. And I want you to tell me, does this Gemara sound like the Egle Tal? Or does this Gemara sound like the Shvisa Sashabas? The Gemara is on Ayin Dalet Amin Aleph. The Gemara says, Tanur If you had different kinds of food in front of you, you could select and eat, select and put away. But don't select, and if you did, you chayav achatas. The Gemara says, you just contradicted yourself. You said, the Gemara says, you could select and eat, select and put away, but uh, don't select and eat. So the Gemara brings the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. You're allowed to select and eat with your hand. You could select and eat with a funnel. Excuse me, you could select and eat with your hand. If you're going to use a funnel or a large plate, don't select, but if you do, it's only in a Sardarabanon. But if you use a sieve, don't select, and if you were did boirer, you're chayiv a carbon chatas. So the Gemara basically says three categories. You're allowed to select with your hand. You're not allowed to select the chadchila in a funnel. If you did, it's only a sedrabanan. And then the third madrega is don't select with a sieve. If you did, it's boirer. So Bishlama, according to Egletal, where it's irrelevant what kind of tool you use, all it depends on is the material. So this is talking about you're selecting uh, impurity, you're selecting out a pebble. So it doesn't matter that you use a sieve. It's selecting, it's bayra. Because but according to Egletal, the tool that is used is irrelevant. But according to the Shvisas, Hashabas, where the way you categorize Malacha, is if it's a pitchfork, it's zoira. If it's your hand, it's boira. If it's a sieve, it's marakid. 
then why does the Gemara say if you use a sieve, the halacha is if you use a sieve, it's boirer, it's not boirer if you use a sieve, it's merakid if you use a sieve, according to the Shvisas HaShabbos. So the Shvisas HaShabbos deals with this question, says Rabbi Yitzchak Meltzin, uh, that's what the Gemara means. The Gemara means, you're allowed to select with your hand, and if you select with the sieve, you're chayi v'chatos, but not for selecting, but for merakid. Doesn't really fit into the Gemara that well, but that's how he defends himself. Okay, now we move to another Gemara. This Gemara is found on Daf Kuf Lamed Zayin Amor Beis, going on to Kuf Lamed Chesamad Aleph. The Mishnah says on Kuf Lamed Zayin Amor Beis, don't suspend a Meshamer, a strainer on Yom Tov, because, and don't strain on Shabbos. You're not a strain wine on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, if someone is about to put his strain, about to strain on Shabbos, let's say he wants to strain out impurities from wine. What do we warn him? Pal, don't do this, otherwise you're going to violate X. What is the X? What do we, uh, warning him that he might come to violate? So the Gemara records the between Rabbah and Rabzeira. Rabbah says, we tell the guy, it's boirer. Rabzeira says, we tell the guy, it's merakid. Rabbah says, I'm right. I am more logical. I am more reasonable. Why? Because what is boirer? Boirer is you're taking out the food and you're leaving the refuse here also. You're taking the food, you're taking the wine, and you're leaving the psoilas. The wine drips through, you're going to take out the wine, and you leave with the refuse. So just like boirer, you take the food and you leave the refuse, this is what you're doing over here, and therefore Rabbah says, it is mistaber, it is more logical that what you're doing over here is boirer. Rabzeira says, no, I am more logical. What are you doing when you do marakade? Marakade, the refuse is on top, and the food is on the bottom. Here also, the refuse is on top, and the food is on the bottom. The simple way of reading this Gemara is each opinion is mutually exclusive. Rabbah holds it's boirer and not merakid. Rabzeira holds it's merakid and not boirer. Rabbah holds it's boirer and not merakid because you're taking the food out and you're leaving the refuse. Rabzeira says it is merakid and not boirer because the refuse stays on top here uh, by merakid and that's what you're doing over here. Comes Rashi. You ever hear of Rashi? Rashi, the great uh, commentator on the Gemara. Rashi says a chidosh. Rashi says a novel ruling. That Rabbah agrees that you could warn the guy for sifting. Rabbah agrees that you're sifting over here because at the end of the day, the refuse is on the top. Rabbah just holds it's also boirer. And Reb says, no, it ain't boirer. Why? Because boirer, the food's on the top and the refuse is on the bottom and here the refuse is on the top. So since the refuse is on the top, it's only sifting. Rabbah holds no, it's also boirer. I agree it's sifting, but it's also boirer. And Reb says, no, it's only sifting. And Rabbah doesn't say it's only boirer, Rabbah holds it's also boirer. What about the Rambam? The very interesting Rambam. We read this Rambam in the beginning of the Shir. The Rambam said in the beginning of the Shir, 
in Hilcha Shabbos, Parikhas Halacha Yud Aleph, says the Rambam, one who selects Shemarim, refuse, sediment from a liquid, it's either a Boirer or a Merakid. Says the Beis Yosef, the Rambam agrees to Rashi. That Rabbah is of the opinion that when you take sediment out of wine, it's both Boirer and Merakid. It's Merakid because the refuse stays on top, and it's Boirer because you take away the food. And the Rambam is paskining like Rabbah, and that's why the Rambam says either it's Boirer or it's Merakid, meaning it's both. However, the Chafetz Chaim disagrees. And the Chafetz Chaim says, no, Rambam disagrees with Rashi. And the Rambam holds that Rabbah holds it's only Boirer. And Rabzeira holds it's only Merakid. And the Rambam is Mesupak, he's in question, he's not confident. Do we paskin like Rabbah that it's Boirer, or do we paskin like Rabzeira that it's Merakid? Now Rashi learned Rabbah held it was also Merakid. It was Boirer and Merakid. Now why does the Chafetz Chaim hold that Rabbah holds it's not Merakid? Why would this not be Merakid? The Chafetz Chaim says a very important and fundamental rule. And then we're going to come to uh, understanding the essence of the Malacha and some of the Halacha Lamaisa. Today's shir, there's a lot of uh, sort of lamdus as the introduction. And that is the Chavetz Chaim says, the reason why Rabbah would say it's considered Merakid, um, excuse me, it's Boirer, selecting and it's not Merakid, is because normally when you sift, you're doing an action on the refuse and the food together. You shake the sieve, and by doing so, one species gets mixed from its friend. But over here, what you're doing is you're pouring the wine through the sieve. So nothing's happening to the wine. The only thing that you're acting upon are the shmarim. And therefore, this is not considered merakid. Merakid is only when you act on both the oichel and the psoilas. But in this case, you're only acting upon the psoilas, and therefore Rabbah would hold, according to the Rambam, according to the Bir Halacha, that it is only Boirer, and it is not Merakid. Now we're going to come to discuss a few very relevant halachos. What exactly is the essence of sifting? Um, it used to be back in the day when people uh, didn't know any better, they ate sugar. Now they know sugar is probably the most harmful thing you could put into your body. It's practically worse than any known substance to man other than cyanide. So if you have a choice between sugar and cyanide, you should go with the sugar. But if it's sugar and anything else... But back in the day, they didn't realize this. And they, they have something called confectionery sugar or icing sugar. And to facilitate sprinkling, you, to facilitate sprinkling, you want to use like a sieve. Instead of what you can do... Pick up some and then throw it on the cake while you're at it. Why don't you throw it on your kids, throw it on uh, your family, your cousins, people you don't like at the table. No, just joking. Don't invite people you don't like to the table. And, but um, are you allowed to use a sieve to sprinkle confectionery sugar on, uh, on food? You're basically sifting. The thing is, you're not sifting anything. It's all fall, falling through the cracks. 
So you're not really selecting anything, you're just using the sieve to facilitate sprinkling. So the question is, is sifting, is selecting an essential part of sifting, or is selecting irrelevant? The nafgamino would be um, double filtering uh, your wine or your water. Let's say, like, let's say you have water that's perfectly drinkable. In New York, um, the gover- the the we have special treats in our water. We have millions of copepods, which are add a lot of flavor and taste. Just imagine, in every cupful of New York City water, there are microorganisms that potentially could be carrying. Uh, who knows what, but uh, the, for the most part, other than a problem of toilaim, which is questionable, but um, there are copepods in the water. Now, let's say you hold halachically it's permissible. I'm not saying it is. Many poiskim say it's an issue. Some poiskim say it's not an issue. Let's say you hold it's not an issue. Fine. And you happen to like the way they taste, but uh, you want to filter the water. So you're filtering and you're sifting, but it's not really an important job. Well, what if you're not filtering or sifting at all? You're just sprinkling. Can you use a sieve to sprinkle on Shabbos? So we mentioned the Gemara. The Gemara says, Zoira, Boira, Toichen, and Merakeid, excuse me, are all the same thing. So they're all mafrish oichel menapsos. They're all taking the food out of the refuse. That seems to indicate that taking out the refuse is an essential part of Merakid. But if you look in the Gemara and beyond Abchav Tesamadez, the Gemara says as follows: You cannot re-sift flour on Yamtuf. Rav Papayas and the neighbor and Rabbi Huda ben Becerra say you are allowed to re-sift flour. Everybody agrees that if a rock or a pebble fell in, you're allowed to sift it on Yamtif. Says Rashi. That you're not allowed to sift flour. You it was sifted yesterday and you want to sift it again to make it nicer. Yeah, you could have done it yesterday. But the Rabbi Papayas and Rabbi Huda say you're allowed to re-sift flour because it's not a tercha. And everybody knows it's the second time. And this is not considered sifting for selecting. That's the key. The key is if you want to re-sift flour, like Michael asked before, why are you re-sifting something that uh, you sifted before? And the answer is, it's only to make it nicer, finer, but it's perfectly usable if you don't do so. So Rashi enunciates the principle that this is not similar to sifting because you're not taking out any refuse. And by the way, the mug in Avram also says, our flour that's already been sifted and there's no bran, there's no, nothing coarse, you could possibly sift it on Shabbos. You hear this? You have a guy and he's, uh, he's sifting. He has flour and a sieve and we say, Rabbi, you know, uh, if we had our court system and we would warn you not to do this, we would have to throw you off the two-story building and then throw stones at you. He says, don't you know? I, I bought this flour in the store. It's Kemach flour. It's already sifted. It's pre-sifted. I'm not doing anything. Don't you know the mug in Avram? Rabbi, but if you're sifting confectionery sugar using the seed on Shabbos, you're doing it because there may be parts in the confectionery sugar which 
which are larger than what the sea would allow. And for you, even though for others it might be who they don't care, but for you, you don't want that on the cake or whatever it is you're sifting it. So isn't it solace uh, okay, uh, we're going to come to that argument. Usually confectionery sugar, it's not really clumped up. It's, it's separate for the most part. Let's assume that was the But case. one second, we're, I'm going to come to that. I will come to that. But you know like when the gardener comes and he plants seeds. So he could easily take a handful of seeds and toss it. But he's not going to get like an even sprinkling. So he has this machine that he churns, that it sort of gives an e- even sprinkling of the seeds so he could evenly seed the field. I, I would think that's what a sieve does to the confectionery sugar, but uh, Rab Joe, we're going to bring up your argument when it comes to uh, basically a salt shaker, where often you have clumps of salt. So now, if the salt is all fine, everyone would agree, you could l'chaira, sprinkle your salt from a salt shaker because... You're, only, you're not using the salt shaker to select, you're just doing it to get an even sprinkle. But what if you have, you know, there might have been some moisture in the salt. So now is, you have clumps of salt. Is that considered refuse and food? Or is that all food? And that's a matter of great debate. The Chayodim says, if there is no psoilas at all, for example, you have flour of matzah that's ground up, and you have some clumps and you want, you want the clumps to separate, exactly what you said, Job. But the case here is, uh, you have a matzah flour. And you want the uh, clumpy pieces to separate. Even though, if you would break it apart, it would, there would be no grinding here, because there's no tchina in something, there's no grinding in something that was already ground, but you're not allowed to sift it on Shabbos, midrabanan. So the chayadam seems to say, that if you have clumps of flour and you want uh, to use some kind of sieve, um, you cannot sift it. So the Chai Adam seems to classify a clump of flour as psoilas with oichel. The Sefer Imre Shabbos says that from the Chai Adam you see an interesting halacha. That even though Merake Doiraisa is selecting, taking the psoilas from the Oichel, but at least on the Drabanon level, if you're not separating the Oichel, but if you're using a sieve for anything, it is Aser. Now, I would still argue that if you're using the sieve to, to sprinkle confectionery sugar, you're just using the, the sieve as a sprinkler. That in no way is sifting. But, if you have clumps, even though you're not taking out what is called psoilas, but there is a degree of separation taking place, and I would think that would be different. So it comes out like this. That clumps of... Okay, it comes out like this. To sprinkle sugar through a sieve is permitted. Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach, it's born in Shmir Shavuz Kalchasa, Parakir Aleph, Ois Mem Dalid. He says, Mutter Livzoik Avgas Sukar. You're allowed to Livzoik. You know what the word Livzoik means? Lashon of, to sprinkle. Uh, confectionery sugar, icing sugar on cake on Shabbos. Even if uh, you use a sieve to enable the sprinkling. Because there no selecting is taking place at all. 
However, what if you have a salt shaker? You know the kind of salt shaker that the kids, they rub their hands all over and then they get near the sink. The kind of salt shaker that has clumps of salt in it. So now by shaking the salt, you're, you're selecting between the fine granules and the clumps. So it is the opinion of the Shmir Shabbos Kelchasa that that is also mutter. That is also mutter. Now that would seem to be not like the Chayodam, because the Chayodam says, if you have clumps of flour, and you want to get out the fine grains, and you want the clumps, so to speak, to break apart, that is an issue of Merakid. Rav Shonazalman is lenient regarding that. Rabbi Ribiat, in his Lamites Malachas book, says, no, you cannot use a salt shaker on Shabbos that has clumps of salt in it. So regarding the clump case, it seems that Rav Shomazalman was lenient. Rabbi Ribiat in his book is stringent. It seems like the Chayadam is stringent. But you do have what to rely on, even if your salt shaker is not uh, perfectly uh, uh, granuled, you would be allowed to use it, at least according to Abshama Zalman. However, however, this is the most uh, difficult case, namely, if you have pieces of rice in your salt shaker, and to absorb the moisture, and shaking the salt shaker, now you're really selecting between the granules and the rice. The rice is not something you want. You don't want rice in your soup, especially not rice that's six months old. Or you don't want whatever... In your cholent. Most people don't want rice in their cholent. And therefore that would be more of an issue. By the way, the Shemir Shabbos Chalchasa brings that there may be an argument that any kli that is used to sift for immediate eating use would be permitted. However, so a salt shaker is used to, you shake it in and then you eat immediately. However, the, the, the conclusion of Rav Shama Orbach is that if there's rice in it, you should not use a salt shaker on Shabbos. If there are just clumps in it, you are allowed to use it. But again, not everybody agrees to that. This is based on the principle that Merakid is not just using a sieve, but Merakid is using a sieve with an element of selecting. Okay, but as we mentioned, if your sink has an aerator where in 99% of the cases, the aerator is not doing anything. Um, but there is a question, Rabbi Isai. I'm still with you. Don't hang up on me. Um, if most cases, that um, sometimes uh, city water gets disturbed, and there's excessive sediment, and some of the metals get a seep into the water, and then you do want the aerator to get out some of the coloring, or sometimes, so it will come out like this. If you want to put a sheet over your sink, why? Ah, it's just better, but I would drink it without it. You could do that. However, if you want to get out some kind of discoloration, that's already an issue. Okay, friends, it's been real. Thanks everyone for joining, and um, Bez Hashem next week. Malachas Toichen, and uh, thank you everybody. Shkayach. Rabavi, how are you? You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.